Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
Night began to descend, laying a black blanket over the sky, the stars' tiny burning eyes of gods unseen. But Wesley had seen them, had witnessed what once lived in the darkened firmament, the blasphemous and incoherent shapes that resided there once upon a terrible time. He could never see the night sky the same again, knowing it was once, or perhaps still was, occupied by eldritch terrors of man's worst imagining. Instead, he tried to focus on the fire in front of him, listened to the crackling language of burning branches and woodland detritus, lose himself to the hymnal, yet sometimes disconcerting, songs of the forest. He could see that Vorin was doing much the same, but for altogether different reasons. His face held a veneer of pensiveness, but his eyes betrayed concern. His bodyguard, friend, was in unknown territory amidst people, things, whose nature could nary be ascertained or understood. At least, not yet. Wesley was fairly sure Vorin wouldn't abide Riva's parting instructions, to move on if he wasn't back by sunset. The night was already pushing the suns below the horizon, the moon slowly resurrecting from its daytime slumber. Moffat seemed elsewhere, his mind no doubt scheming or coming up with a new way to insult him. Salvatore simply whittled down a pale stick with his knife, carving with no obvious intention or goal. The silence between them all was as thick as the fog that rolled across the forest floor and twice as uncomfortable. Finally, Wesley decided to address the proverbial elephant in the room. Vorin, um... It's... it's getting dark. Should we... I'm not going anywhere. If I must, I'll go into town myself. Damned fool. Always leaping before logic sets in. Stubborn bastard. Wesley and Salvatore exchanged knowing glances. Moffat still seemed distant. Well, if you're staying, then the rest of us are staying. Vorin gave a congenial nod, his mind still wandering the streets of the dire town behind them. Wesley decided to distract him. Um, if you don't mind me asking, how long have you and Riva been working together? Vorin slowly lifted his gaze from the glowing pyre, forced to retreat from his internal musings to answer Wesley's question. We've been together for about ten years, give or take. He was assigned to me as my minder. You see, all dark scholars who are to work in the field are assigned a minder, a bodyguard, if you will. And you were sent here by Salence University? Bit intense for a college, isn't it? Not exactly. Salence University is a kind of facade for older powers. Which are... Oh, come on now. With, with all we've been through, you can't divulge a little? We've been in this hellhole for weeks, and I feel like I, I, I barely know you. Any of you, really. Salence is under the control of an esoteric. Esoteric? Moffat suddenly chimed in, tearing himself away from whatever thing was distracting him. A secret order. A cabal. You mean like the Illuminati or something like that? Yes, except the esoteries are real. The Illuminati is just a fantasy of paranoid men who feel their grasp on the world is slipping. Ironically, their paranoia is rightly felt. 
is just pointed in the wrong direction. I see. Y you were saying, Vorin? Silence is under the command of an esoteric called the Old Bloods of the Coven of Venefica. Salvador suddenly perked up. Old Bloods? I, I was just telling Wes that my sister says something about them. Yes, although I doubt she understands what they are. No offense to your sister. They are merely myths to most Hackens, but I assure you, they are very real. Many reside in the secret city of Venefica, somewhere in Italy. A large coven also exists in America, in Autumn City. What are they? That's not for me to say. Their secrets are their own. But I can say that River is one. An old blood. So, they're, they're all like River? Foran hesitated, quickly losing tolerance for Wesley's inquiries. Moffat decided to answer in his stead. I'm afraid not. There is varied as snowflakes, the old bloods. River is a Melsayer, a speaker of a Maledictions, a cursed language. You see, the older they get, and the more they use the Maledictions, the more potent they become. Much like our good friend River, many take a vow of silence, promising to only speak in protection of themselves or others. Why, thou rumors of Maelsayr so old and corrupt that a single word from them would mean doom for an entire city. Makes you wonder what will become of our dear river, doesn't it? Vorin shot a glare at Moffat, his eyes daggers that stabbed the man. Moffat played coy. I'm only trying to give our good friends Dr. Morrigan and Salvatore a better understanding of their companions. Then in the spirit of transparency, perhaps I should inform them about how exactly the Moffats have come by their infamous reputation. How their pathetic little shadow shows are the result of burning men, women, and children alive in their damnable magic lanterns. Or perhaps I should mention how they've no allegiances other than to themselves, and have been known to traffic with various walks of darkness when it suited their purposes. But the thing they might really want to know, what might truly enlighten them about your family, is how they'll always be considered second-string seers to the Kerwins. Upon this last remark, a sneer overcame Moffat's features, a mess of wrinkles dominating his face, accompanied by a glare that could kill. There was an awkward silence after Vorin's scathing rebuke. The two men focused on the small fire in front of them, trying their best not to stoke the ones within. Wesley heard the voice begin to chortle. <laughs> Just one big happy family. You really know how to bring everyone together. Wesley Morgan, the great unifier. <laughs> Shut up! And what kind of moral person would tolerate the company of a man who burns people alive just to catch a glimpse of the future, hmm? So what Vorn said is true? They, they really burn people alive? Even children? Oh yes, little Wesley. Those deceitful little shits wouldn't think twice about it if it meant getting what they wanted. You should avenge them, Wesley. Cut him in his sleep, feel his mouth full of his own entrails, and watch him try to scream. Oh, please, you don't give a shit about those people. You just want me to kill him because you have some weird obsession with him. Why is that exactly? The voice went quiet. 
an aura of agitation accompanying it as it receded somewhere in the ephemera of his mind. There was a moment where he saw a glimpse of something, though. A room with several strange people, all surrounding a man bound in chains and rope, weird glowing sigils forming a circle around him. Before he could investigate further, the scene diminished, muddling into so much mental effluvium. What could it have been? It was just another mystery he'd have to contend with, a fragment of some puzzle scattered about the lands of his mind. But there were multiple pieces now, and he imagined there would be more to come. But did he want to see the whole picture? Was it something he was better off not knowing? Wesley sat in silence with the others, the brief spat between Moffat and Voren still weighing heavy in the air. But that silence was shattered by a loud boom coming from the direction of the town. Within seconds, plumes of billowing smoke could be seen snaking into the deep oranges and purples of the twilight sky. The group rushed towards the tree line to get a better view. The bent and crooked bodies of the town's many houses casted equally deformed shadows as the effulgence of a raging fire burned somewhere in the middle of town. Its denizens ran, loped, and shambled toward the inferno, no doubt seeking its extinguishment. Amidst the chaos, off to the side of one of the nearest houses, skulked a figure. It was vague at first, and Wesley initially took it for just another mutated inhabitant of the town. But as it moved closer, carefully staying within the shadows, he could make out a more specific shape. It looked like somebody carrying a body over their shoulder. It took only a few more seconds to recognize the undulations of Riva's tattered robes dancing in the breeze and the slight red glow that occasionally emanated from his cursed mouth. Wesley saw relief flood Voren's expression as Riva made his way into the thickets. As the Malsair drew closer, Wesley was able to confirm that his friend was indeed not alone. He had brought someone back with him. Voren approached his minder, eyes wide. What's this? Riva put the body down and signed. Well, I... Suppose that's one way to get information. Foran looked at the rest of the group. Gather some rope and tie this man to one of these trees. Wait, what's going on? We're going to interrogate him and find out what the fuck is happening here. The man appeared to be asleep as Wesley and Salvatore fastened him to a nearby tree. Salvatore did most of the heavy work, knowing more about how to tie a person up. The man, Thing, was hideous. His face was a Picasso of skin, displaced eyes, of which there were more than two, and a mouth filled with needle-like teeth. His body was hunched, as if his spine had been wrenched out of shape, and pockmarks dotted his flesh like the surface of the moon. Perhaps most hideous was the chaos of tentacles emanating from the man's stomach, which now lay limp and lifeless across his legs. Once he was firmly married to the tree, making sure to keep one of his hands free so he could write, Voren came out of his tent, a large notebook in one hand, a pen in the other. Riva stood close by to ensure nothing went awry, keeping his eyes on the mangled little man. Voren stepped over to the prisoner and knelt down next to him. Is he secured? He ain't going nowhere. 
Foran looked over at Riva and nodded. Then let's begin. Riva walked over to the bound man and nonchalantly slapped him across the face a few times. The thing awoke, its inhuman eyes fluttering, rolling forward from the back of his misshapen head. He peered at his surroundings, his gaze jumping to each of his captors. Then, as consciousness slowly came to him, he began to resist his bonds, jerking his body back and forth, the many tentacles from his stomach straining against the ropes, some squeezing between them, helplessly flailing in the air. Then he spoke. What is this? Who are you people? Are you from Morgan? I'll, I'll give you whatever you want, just, just let me go. Wesley's jaw went slack with surprise as he looked at Riva. I, I thought you said they spoke a different language. The group looked at Wesley strangely, confusion painting their faces. After a few moments, Foran spoke. He is. He's speaking an ancient arithmetic. What are you talking about? He's, he's speaking plain English. The group's puzzlement deepened. Wait a second. Are, are you saying... Can you understand what he's saying? Of course I can. He clearly just asked us if we were uh, from a place called Morgan. Why are you guys acting like you can't understand him? Because we can't, Wes. He's speaking gibberish. Not gibberish. Based on what I've learned translating the language... I can make out some of what he's saying, and Wesley is right. How the hell can you understand him? I, I, I don't know. It, it, it just sounds like he's speaking English to me. Can, can you really not understand him? The group shook their heads. Wesley's stomach began to turn. He hadn't thought about it before, but why would the thing back at that abandoned house in the woods speak English? Boren had already said the journals were in some kind of ancient language. But the storyteller... Everyone heard what he was saying, so how could they not understand this guy? Voren paused for a moment, deep in contemplation. Do something for me. Ask him his name and the name of his town. But I don't know... Just speak to him as if you were speaking to me. Wesley looked at the confused man, bound to the tree. What... uh, what's your name and the name of the town you're from? Wesley's compatriots all looked astonished, except for Moffat, who wore a stone facade. Before anyone could speak, the tied-up man answered him, A gruel. The town, my, my town, is Misereth. How do you not know this? Who are you? Wesley turned towards the rest of the group. He says his name is a, a gruel, and the town's name is Misereth. Vorin nodded, jotting down things in his notebook. Wesley waited until he was done and then took the notebook from him. Here are some questions. See if he can answer any of them. Wesley glanced through the list of questions and then addressed a gruel. Uh, how did you get here? I mean, th- this whole continent. How did it arrive here on Earth? The man looked puzzled. Earth? I've never heard of such a place. But the serpent's trail brings us to many places, to many horizons. New moons and stars may grace our skies, but always are we within the great coil of his body. Wesley looked at his companions. Uh, I, I don't know, he's speaking in riddles, but it sounds like he has some idea that they're in a different place. Interesting. 
foreign motion for Wesley to continue. Um, my friends and I were uh, attacked weeks ago by an an entity. It it told stories that somehow uh, I don't know. It killed them. Uh, glowing symbols floated out from the dead. Do you know that creature or, or what it wants? The man's demonic eyes went wide in a look of both surprise and adoration. His seething horde of tentacles similarly reacted, writhing about in excitement. You have indeed been blessed by the serpent, for you have been visited by one of his first dark miracles. You have seen the bard of Koth, heard his legendary tales. Your friends are not dead. Oh, no, 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 they they have merely shed their flesh and bone prisons to become immortal in the greatest, darkest stories ever told. Wesley recalled what he'd seen while peering in the hole in the ground back when he arrived in those haunted woods. The man known as Cassius Slade, the malevolent antagonist of one of the bard's stories, had broken character and screamed, pleading for help. Wesley only now understood the morose and hideous implications of that gesture. Uh, what do you mean his dark miracles? Whose? Agruel looked at Wesley again, puzzled, as if he were surprised he didn't understand the reference. How do you not know of his dark word? Of his black miracles that even now walk these lands? Who are you? One of those blasphemers of the last interfectorum? Your god was but a tool in our lord's scheme to bless these lands with his blood, to spread salvation across Gion. No, 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 we're, we're, um, we're not from here. But, uh, we've seen these followers of the, the last Interfectorum, or, or something that they worshipped. Um, who are they? They are apostates of the true one lord. They grovel at the feet of a simple man, Drujan Azra the last of the twelve ushers. But you see, newcomer, they mistake his weakness for wisdom, for it was within our lord's great plan to fall that day, to soak the soil with his blood, to bring about the great change, the document. You keep mentioning your lord. Who is your lord? <laughs> Truly, Outlander, you must be from faraway lands. I speak of none other than our great savior, the one who came and graced us with his dark gifts, the Prince of Snakes. Grimland is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Stephen Anslone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anslone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about Grimland and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about Grimland and the world of Maltopia, visit us at Maltopia.com. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 